You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. It's a human right and dignity given by the God we know that they should be able to practice. If they're Muslims, they should be able to practice Islam in their country freely. And only a Christian can have that kind of security to endorse such things in a foreign land. Why? What gives them that confidence and that comfort? Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life that it, it may be that by, they, by them practicing their religion, they wind up finding the emptiness of it and coming to Christ. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. Mr. Secretary, what would you say to the young people today um, regarding their nation's need for them. What would you say to the young people today regarding their purpose? This next generation, I am enormously optimistic about. I see young people all across America who are believers in Jesus Christ, who understand this country. They are under attack in our schools. They're being taught things that are deeply inconsistent with a Christian worldview. And so I would tell them, learn, listen, obey your parents as the Bible tells us to do. Work hard. Uh, my son, if he were here today, he'd say, I know how dad's going to answer that. Uh, there were three things that I would just come back to with my son. Work hard, tell the truth, and keep your faith. Amen. And if you, if you do those three things, if you do those three things, you know, not every day, but many days, the Lord will bless you. That's right. Good answer. Good answer. So today, um, in our military uh, all of us, this church is, is no stranger to supporting and acknowledging our military. Uh, there's a lot going on where Russia, for example, is kind of making fun of our new, uh, what is it, a feminized military? They're <laughs> saying that America is becoming a sensitive, flowery type of military, which I, I take that, you know, that's, that's tough to hear, but... Uh, the urgency, I guess what I'm saying is, regarding our military and the support for our military, we all enjoy our freedoms, but we don't realize every day what you and others give us. And so the world, it doesn't seem to be getting 
safer. America needs to be strong. What can you, what can you say to us about why it's important to, to be willing to give it all for our freedoms? So as someone who had the incredible privilege to serve, serve as a young tank platoon leader, my unit patrolled the East German border before we, we, America, freed millions of East Germans from the tyranny of the communist regime there. Uh, I, I watch our young soldiers. I want them to be led by men of conviction, who, men who understand that the important role that our military plays is to be strong so that a secretary of state can travel the world knowing that our adversaries know that Behind him, behind his words, behind his diplomatic mission is a military that is strong and capable. I, I do worry when our military leaders become too political. It concerns me. They have a mission set. It is a mission set that, it said is, that is crystal clear, and that is to be prepared to fight America's wars when we need to. I must say, one of the things I'm most proud of of my four years serving alongside President Trump is that we were strong in the tradition of Ronald Reagan. We, we understood that strength deters war and that weakness begets it. We didn't put our young kids into any wars. No new war started during our four years. Wow. We brought peace. We brought peace to so many places. What about criticism? Um, you took a stand, your faith. I love what you uh, quoted a little while <laughs> ago about the breath. How many breaths are you to take? <laughs> Uh, but you and I know a little bit of, about our founding uh, history as a nation, and our founding fathers didn't see a separation. They saw God, as Ben Franklin said, that God governs in the affairs of men. We believe that America is exceptional, not for arrogant reasons, but for divine reasons. Can you just speak to the value of defending yeah. America? And I'm not just talking about military, but yeah. getting involved. No, Pastor Jack, it's so, it's so true. So the, the left wants you to have this idea that somehow they, they've created this idea of separation in church and state. The truth is they are so intricately intertwined that our success depends on our faith. Our founders talked about this. right? They said that this is a nation that depends on a virtuous people. And that's the people who are get, willing to get out and work, right? So whether that is somebody deciding to teach fifth grade Sunday school or someone who works at your church in the parking lot, making sure that you don't have as many wrecks as you had last week. Uh, <laughs> I've been in church parking lots, and I've also done church <laughs> politics. This is tough stuff. <laughs> uh, but the Lord is counting on each of us. Uh, and you're right about the world. Uh, there, there, will be, there will be critics. There will be those who want to undo this greatness. They want to take down this nation that was founded in such an exceptional way. And then there are those within that want to do the same thing, that have this idea that somehow we were, our founding was evil. Uh, it, it's simply not true. There's no nation that has made as much progress towards perfect equality of opportunity for citizens. It's why, you mentioned this earlier this morning, it's why people still are breaking down the gates to try to get here. This is an exceptional nation. It's exceptional because people like you get this chance to come to this remarkable church and worship alongside of each other and then go out into the world and shine that light. In your, in your experience in the State Department, I, we share a good friend, Tony Perkins, and uh, a lot of, I was surprised to hear this, that the State Department in some ways is the most powerful department, that it, <laughs> it, it does things and sets the tone and policy. Can you enlighten us uh, regarding that mantle, that task of when, when, you, when the plane lands in, and you referred to this, but I, 
when the plane lands and you step out, things happen because you represent these people. But if you could also insert in there that amazing story you said last night about those three men, I assume they were men, yes, that they were. Uh, were rescued out of a yeah. particular country. Huh? Well, this was a great story. It was my second trip to North Korea uh, to visit with Chairman Kim. You'll recall that Chairman Kim had returned an American fellow named Otto Warmbier to the United States only to have him die a few hours later from his maltreatment in the detainment he had been, the place he'd been held there in North Korea. We wanted desperately to get the remaining three Americans back out. And so I'd taken a first trip when I was CIA director. It was a secret trip. It was really special. I left on Good Friday in the early in the morning and I got back late on Easter Sunday night. None of you knew I was there. It was the only thing that didn't leak during my four years. Wow. Uh, my wife was happy that that news hadn't gotten out. But the second trip, I, uh, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the meeting with Chairman Kim was ending, and I, I turned to Chairman Kim and said, President of the United States would like the three Americans you're holding to be put on my airplane and allowed to return alongside of me. Noise. Uh, the, the meeting, he didn't, he didn't say yes. The meeting uh, wrapped up just a little bit later. As I was walking out, he turns to me, and through a translator says, does the president really want those three home? <laughs> yes, Mr. Chairman, it's his expectation. So I get back to the airport, uh, climb up on the plane, and my senior uh, team member on the plane says, Mr. Secretary, uh, they just came and got a couple of our guys, and they took them off in a white van, and we don't, we don't know where they went. And the van showed back up on the airport. It was a handful of minutes later. And out of the van climbed my two officers, a couple of North Korean guards, and then the three Americans who had been detained in North Korea. <laughs> you, you, you have to love President Trump. So it was amazing. I still, when I talk about it, it's very emotional for me. When, when they climbed off the airplane, the, the, uh, the senior gentleman had, on the flight back, on the flight back from Pyongyang through Tokyo and then on to Washington, D.C., had put on a three-by-five card of psalm that he wanted me to have for having kept the faith and brought them back home. The, uh, I'd, I'd been, you'll, you'll love this, I'd been to Secretary of State for all of about two weeks at this point. Wow. And so when we get back, uh, we transferred, I got back on a plane that got back about 10 minutes before the three detainees returned to Joint Base Andrews. And I walked in and everyone cheered because the world knew that these folks were on their way home. The television was covering, it would have been about midnight California time. And I walked in and everybody said thanks. And then Mrs. Trump said to me, well, what's your next trick? <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I, you know, the truth is I'm not sure that I achieved anything that was as personally rewarding as seeing those three men returned home to their families. You know, I, I, I might be wrong about this, but she did, so she asked you what's your next trick, <laughs> but there, there were wonderful tricks after that, wasn't there? I mean, you, God used him. And it was a priority to President Trump to rescue those who were being held against their will for religious beliefs. And what a powerful thing for him to step under the soil of some country and to have that issue up front. Before we talk about anything, let's talk about religious freedoms. This is what a Christian, listen, friends, run for Run for mayor after our mayor is, is done running. <laughs> run for city council, get involved. You mentioned, I think, PTA first service. Run, <laughs> run for PTA because of the, of the effect that you can have 
But to think that here's a man that God had raised up to step off a plane onto foreign soil. And this is the amazing thing about Christianity. He didn't step off the plane and say, oh, you guys need to become Christians. He held their nation's leaders to account that whatever religion they practice in that country, it's a human right and dignity given by the God we know that they should be able to practice. If they're Muslims, they should be able to practice Islam in their country freely. And only a Christian can have that kind of security to endorse such things in a foreign land. Why? What gives them that comf- confidence and that comfort? Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. That it, it may be that by, they, by them practicing their religion, they wind up finding the emptiness of it and coming to Christ. I know there's somebody in our audience right now that had that exact same thing happen right here, right now. But um, so the... the Moving forward, and uh, we kind of start to wrap this up, is, is, is the question to you, especially a native Californian. <laughs> I was thinking, California, <laughs> let me see, California politicians in D.C., we have to break the mold, friends, of people like Kamala Harris and Nancy <laughs> Pelosi, Barbara Boxer, Dianne Feinstein, right? Eric Swalwell. I met a young man this last week, his name is David, and I had not recognized him on campus before. And uh, we met one another and I said, "Um, you're new. He said, yeah. He said, I moved from Colorado uh, here to California. I said, you moved to California. (laughs) I said, what's with that? And he said, this is where the fight is. That was a young man saying that. I love that. Do we dare ask you, do we, do we say anything about your future? Is that just under wraps? What's, uh... no, this is an easy question. The Lord knows precisely what I'll be doing. <laughs> uh... but, I, but I will say this, Pastor Jack. You, you talked about the fight being here. I've been at this since I was a young man. This fight for America, this conviction that I have in my heart, I'm going to stay in that fight. I don't know what the role yes. will be. I don't know the place the world will find me. Um, you know, we always thanked California because you brought some great people to the state of Kansas. Uh, and I, I know this too, as I'm here this morning, as we were driving in and we saw people walking for long distances to be here, to be in the pews here this morning. We, we know that this state and that this church is doing important things and it is awakening people all across this area. Stay at it, stay in the fight. I'll stay inside it alongside of you and the Lord will eat, put each of us in the rightful place to honor his word and his truth. Amen, amen. Church family, Secretary Mike Pompeo. This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.